Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What is up, guys? Welcome to Wrestling Road. As always, I am your host, Austin Boyer. And today, we have a very exciting episode of Wrestling Road because we are talking about the one and only Bray Wyatt and the Funhouse Friends. As many of you may know at this point, I am a huge Bray Wyatt fan. And I have been since his cult leader days when he first started out with the gimmick. You know, Bray Wyatt is somebody who is very intriguing. He's a very unique character. We'll get into him in a second, but first, I want to talk about a few things before we get on to the main topic of the man himself. Um, First, I want to talk about the superstars who were sent to the performance center, back to the performance center. You have guys like um, Keith Lee, who, who I think hasn't really had much success on the main roster, but I really don't think that's because of his lack of skills. I think that's because of his lack of booking. They're not booking him properly. And if you want an example of his recent booking, look at last night's episode of Raw, Monday Night Raw, where he was booked in a 2-1-1 handicap match with the Miz and Morrison. Now, I don't know about you, but these handicap matches are getting ridiculous. We're seeing the same matches every week with different opponents. The Miz and Morrison aren't doing a thing. And these handicap matches that they're booking aren't making them any stronger. Now, Keith Lee, somebody who isn't even in a feud right now. He had a little feud with Braun Strowman, which, you know, that didn't go anywhere. But ever since his main roster debut, he hasn't done much at all. And again, these handicap matches that, that they're booking, who does this benefit? Absolutely nobody. It does not benefit Miz and Morrison. It most certainly doesn't benefit Keith Lee. And we're like I said, we're seeing these matches every week. And that just shows you the lack of creativity that the WWE creative team has at this point. Now, I don't know if it's the lack of crowd. Um, Obviously, there is no audience because of the whole virus. We are still stuck in the Thunderdome. But there's no excuse. Um, it's, It's sad to say, but... The way WWE Creative is, it's it's going downhill. Um, 
obviously with Monday Night Raw, you do have more exciting storylines coming out of Raw, but as far as match-wise, I don't think so. I mean, there are, certain storylines are okay. Certain ones I could talk more about, but um, there's de definitely a lack of creativity with these matches, and I think... Um, and I think that depends on the storyline, too, you know. Um, for me, if I can't get interested in a storyline, it's definitely hard for me to get interested in, in the match as well. Um, you know, there are, you know, wrestlers that don't have storylines, that, that just have matches. And sometimes that, that could be interesting. It, it just depends on the, the type of superstar, the character, um, for me, at least. The AJ Styles and Sheamus match I thought was a great match to start off Raw. But I think you know, everything else, aside from the Bray Wyatt and Randy Orton stuff, was just kind of lackluster. It was lazy. It's not put together well. We're seeing the same matches every week. Just, just different opponents. You know, we're seeing... Ricochet and Retribution we're seeing then the next week we're seeing Mace versus Ricochet or whatever um, but you get the point it's just like the, the creative team just doesn't care they're just throwing these matches together like here okay this is what we're gonna do um, it doesn't seem like they have any sense of what they're gonna do going forward and like I said back to Keith Lee these type of matches they're putting him in this doesn't benefit him something that would benefit him would be a singles feud with with somebody like um, with Strowman who they a guy like Strowman they can't decide if he's going to be a babyface or a heel obviously one one day he's a babyface next week he's a heel they, they can't decide what they're doing with him so what do they do They storyline wise they suspend him um, and who knows what what's gonna happen with that? But guys like Keith Lee, who, like I said, he has the athleticism. So I don't understand why he was sent back to the performance center. Obviously, Vince McMahon was not happy. But Keith Lee is very talented. We've seen him in NXT. We know what he can do. Now, there are certain stars who should be, you know, going back to the Performance Center to polish up on their skills. I can name a few, but we're not going to get into it. Um, I'd, we'd be here all day if, if I talked about that. But if they would book this guy correctly, I, I think Vince McMahon would kind of change his tune a little bit. Obviously, you know, Benny Mac, he has control over everything, you know. If you don't like something, you're screwed. But that's that's the wrestling business, you know. Um, like I said before, not everything, you know, Vince McMahon does, we're going to agree with. But he is the chairman, he is the, the mastermind behind the business. But then you, you look at guys like that Matt Riddle. Well, obviously, they're calling him Riddle now, but whatever. If you still want to call him that. But um, Like I said, the lack of creativity. It's affecting guys like Keith Lee and Matt Riddle, who, you know, Matt Riddle's another one because, yes, some, some say his, his gimmick right now it's funny it's entertaining but what are they going to do going forward with this 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 can only last for so long if you look at guys in the past that had gimmicks like this and I'm not talking about just wrestlers for now I'm talking about wrestlers with gimmicks like this 
a couple years ago. Take take Santino Morella for a, a minute. Obviously, he hasn't wrestled in a few years, but I'm going to use him as an example. His character and his gimmick was never taken seriously because he was made out as a comedy gimmick. Did he get far in WWE? Sure, he's made it to the WWE. He's accomplished a little bit, but he didn't get very far. He didn't win, you know, many championships. He just wasn't taken seriously. And that's what they're doing with Matt Riddle right now. You know, um, Matt Riddle obviously has this stoner, you know, type laid-back gimmick character, whatever. Um, there's only so much they can do with this before they get bored with him. Before he turns into another R-Truth, which is obviously happening right now. At this point now, we have like a second R-Truth. Somebody just to laugh at. These gimmicks, they don't go far. And if you've listened to, you know, a few of my first episodes, I said this in the beginning. I said, if they continue this gimmick, it will not go far. And if Matt Riddle, like I've said, continues to be booked, he will not go far. And it's a shame because this guy has talent. But they're not doing anything with him. They're putting him in a match here and there. But is he going to go anywhere feuding with the Hurt Business? Probably not. You know, Bobby Lashley's a big star. And th- th- these guys as a group, they're just, they're just too big as a group right now. They're on fire. Um, but Matt Riddle, you know, um, like I said, they can keep the whole gimmick, the, you know, the stoner character, whatever, but, um, the whole thing with the donuts, that's gonna wear off, because they'll probably do it for three, four weeks at a time, you know, who knows, but I don't, I, I just, I don't see what WWE's gonna do going forward with this. There's only so much time they have before they find something else, it seems like. Um, and you look at guys like R-Truth, yeah, he's had a good career. But, you know, if I'm Matt Riddle, and I'm coming up on the main roster, and I'm, and I'm just not starting out, do I really want to become a comedy gimmick at this point? Um... If I'm Matt Riddle, I'm looking at myself like, man, is WWE going to take me seriously? Are they going to put me in a decent feud? Are they going to push me to the main event with this type of character, with this type of gimmick? Um, and, and coming to the main roster, you know, he he was promised. Everybody kind of you know, figured he'd have a big push, and that's what it seemed like starting out. But this all could very well be, you know, with the lack of audience, like I said. But that's no, that's really no excuse because when you look at the creative team, they're the people that are in control of this. Vince McMahon, he, he's the one that's in control of this. And I was reading the other day that Vince McMahon likes this. He thinks it's funny. So that just tells me right there that this is going to keep going on and going on until there's just nothing left of it. Because that's what they do with these type of characters. They don't do much. And they don't go very far. Look at our truth. He's he's been in in this comedy gimmick for a long time. And the farthest he'll ever see from here on now is probably the twenty four seven championship. Now our truth has comp- accomplished a lot. So right now at the point in our truth's career, he really doesn't need you know a tag team championship, United States championship, whatever. He's accomplished a lot in his career. Now, so that that type of character for our truth is okay. But for a young guy like Matt Riddle starting out with this kind of gimmick, um, it's not looking good for him. 
like I said, he has talent. It's just WWE will not take this seriously. Um, and I don't see what they'll do. It's it's almost it makes you wonder who who likes this stuff. You know who 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 gives the okay to do certain things like this. I think back to when Paul Heyman had creative control over WWE, over Monday Night Raw, I mean. Um, we've seen certain stars be pushed. Certain stars on TV that you wouldn't see today. Like Ricochet is another one. Um, He's obviously in this feud with Retribution. Um, I I don't like it. I th- I think it's worn out. Everybody at this point is laughing at this gimmick, Retribution. They look like a bunch of DC comic book characters. I I don't know. Um, but they need to break this group apart. And if if they're gonna turn Ricochet heel, do it already. Come on, just give us something. To make us believe that this retribution stable is is legit is is something to be feared. Um, they're teasing a heel turn with Ricochet at the moment. Obviously, he's been feuding with Mustafa Ali in the last few weeks or last couple months or whatever. Um, that's how long this has been. If they're going to pull the trigger on a heel turn, now is the time. And I think it would do more benefiting retribution as a whole as it would anybody else. Because retribution just is, is dead. It's in the water right now. People are just are laughing at this and saying, you know, when are they going to break this up? So I think a heel turn with Ricochet at, the po- at this point would be something to bring this group alive um everybody's excited with Mustafa Ali you know when he first came back to the roster everybody and then and then when he joined Retribution everybody's like man this is cool you know this is something to be big but then the last few weeks you've seen Retribution lose you know, there were a couple of times where they weren't booked on TV. So I think right there, you know, from WWE's lack of creativity, lack of booking, I think that that's what hurt this, hurt this team. And I can't just say it's that. If you look at the names of these guys, Slapjack, Mace, and T-Bar, we've been through this before. Are we supposed to take this group seriously with names like that? Are we supposed to take this group seriously when they come out with these goofy-looking masks on? Um, it makes me wonder, because if did WWE just throw these guys together out of just, okay, like, what are we going to do next, you know, type of thing? But um, it really makes you wonder what was the plan going forward for this group in the beginning. Obviously, they had big plans for Mustafa Ali with the hacker gimmick. You know, that was dropped a while ago. But then they brought it back to full circle. Um, but it does make you wonder going forward. But like I've said before, hopefully... If they're going to pull a trigger on a hill turn, it needs to be now. It needs to be right now before this gets any worse. I don't, I not, that's just me, you know. Um, I can't speak for the WWE Universe. I can't speak for the fans. I just give my opinions on here, you know. Obviously, there's no fans in the arena, so we can't get their reaction as well. Unless you wanna, you know, look at the look at the Thunderdome monitors or whatever, but um, 
um, there is no fans in the arena, so we can't get the reactions. Of the, but there's always Twitter. You know, people are very um, vocal on Twitter. People give their point of views on Twitter, and that's that's one thing that's good about the fact that WWE uses social media the way they do, because everybody can you know voice their opinion when they want. But like I said, if, if they're gonna do something, it needs to be now. Bring this group alive, you know. Because right now, the only few things we're talking about on Monday Night Raw is Bray Wyatt, Randy Orton, and Alexa Bliss. And then we're talking about the Hurt Business. Which are the two things, in my opinion, that are that are bringing Raw to life. Um, if, if it wasn't for, you know, those two things, Raw would be dead. Raw wouldn't have any ratings. And, and, and it's, 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 that, that's the two, that's the two things that stand out for the most on Raw. The two things I look forward to. Um, but as soon, as soon as I, as I'm done watching, you know, Bray Wyatt and Randy Orton, um, as soon as I'm done watching the Hurt Business, it's like the rest of the show is just a drag. It's it just it just drags on, and it's like at this point you can't wait for it to end. The matches themselves are just they're not put together well, so it's hard to get into the whole entire show. You you probably only get into like half of the show, but there's certain things you want to watch, and then for for the other what four or five matches, it's like uh, turn the channel, you know. I I don't turn the channel. I always watch it, but um. It's just, it drags on, and I don't know if I'm the only person that feels this way, um, but the whole entire show just drags on and on, and, uh, like I said, for me, I don't know if it's just the lack of creativity, you know, or, or the fans not being in the arena, because, you know, the fans, they, you know, they, they bring the show to life, but them cheering, you know, that makes you want to watch Raw a little more. That makes you get excited, and I don't know if it's just the lack of fans or what, but it, it's hard to to watch the rest of Raw, the third hour of Raw, and be excited. And, and you know, WWE's—they're really trying to to do something to to bring more excitement to Raw. You can, you can see that they they want to do something more exciting. I think if they had put their matches together a little better, it would be. Um, I think last week's episode of Raw was a little better than this week's because of the, the match booking. Obviously, we saw Orton and Bray, you know, and we saw a few title matches on Raw, um, which brings, you know, excitement here and there. But you do have them certain weeks every now and then that there is just, you can see the same matches every week, and it's just, Okay, if you're going to put certain stars in a feud, at least make these matches exciting. Make them, make them unique or, or do something. Um, I think WWE's biggest mistake was firing Paul Heyman. I mean, you know, we're going to get back to him. I think their biggest mistake was firing Heyman because he was pushing these guys, you know. And he, he made, I think he made Raw more exciting. Um, now that's just my opinion everybody has a different opinion about Paul Heyman you know I've heard a lot of people didn't get along with him backstage obviously I'm not a reporter I don't know but um I, I think the lack of creativity um I, th- I think that's on creative but the the biggest thing was them firing Paul Heyman at this point. You know, obviously he's with Roman Reigns, he's still under contract with WWE. But back when he was head of creative, you've seen guys get pushed that didn't, didn't get pushed before. Um another guy. Let's move on from Retribution and Ricochet. 
but let's talk about Aleister Black. Where the hell is Aleister Black? Why isn't he on Raw? Where's Andrade? Where's Bo Dallas? Bo Dallas, um, the brother of Bray Wyatt, who should not be off of television, who should not be sitting at home. Again, if I'm WWE Creative and I am booking these segments or matches, giving somebody like Bo Dallas, who, you know, is a third generation superstar. I would be booking him with his brother Bray Wyatt in a way. I would be putting him in the funhouse, giving him a role in the funhouse. I mean, hell, we've seen Adam Pearce be in the funhouse. We've seen other superstars, you know. Do something with guys like Bo Dallas, who obviously isn't getting enough TV time. Uh, Well, let me phrase that. He's not getting any... TV time whatsoever. It's, it's shameful. It's and, and I've said this before, but it's it's the same stuff every week. You wonder about certain stars. You wonder where they're going, and it's always the same stars every week. You know, um, they don't want to push certain guys. And if you have a, a three-hour show like Raw, man, you got to do something. You have the talent there. Use it. Like, like I said, it, it, like you're watching Raw, man. You're looking for you know your favorite superstars or whatever. But after that, it's like the, the first and second, the second and third hours. Like, man, this is a drag. And I, w- I will say last week's Raw was better. If they continue that booking they did from last week, it would be better. The booking, it isn't always horrible, but you do have all the, those certain days where it's like, man, I can't stand watching this. What else is on? Let's tune into AEW or something. <laughs> but, um, it's pretty bad, man. But alright, man. Uh, I'm sorry for ranting. <laughs> I had to get that off my chest. Um, let's talk about the women's division a little bit. Nia Jax, Lana, Oscar, Thana Brooke, Mandy Rhodes. Um, there's obviously more, but off the top of my head, you know, um, the, the, you know the, the few that stand out to me the most. Nia Jax. When you talk about people that need to be sent back to the performance center. Now, if you listen to my show, you know I have this hatred for Naya. Well, can't say I hate her because I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know. She just, she gets under my skin. The, the woman is just so cringeworthy to watch in the ring. Um... the whole match with Lana I know they're trying to get her over as a baby face but to have her get beat every week like she is is anybody taking her seriously I don't think so I mean some could say yeah this is a way to get her over as a baby face obviously that's hard to tell now with no audience um there's no reaction there's no cheers there's no boos you know, we do hear it over the monitors, over the, the, the screens at the Thunderdome. But, um, you know, those cheers and boos, they can always be placed in the arena for effects as well. Not not discrediting Lana for anything, but if this is WWE's way to get her over as a babyface, to have her be beat up every week, instead of making her look strong, you know, um, this isn't the way to go. 
um, I don't think she's very good in the ring. I don't think Lana's very good in the ring. Um, I haven't seen much that impresses me with her ring work. Nothing that really stands out for me. But when you when you compare the talent of Oscar, or you know, you look at Mandy Rose even, then you you compare them to Lana. You can tell who's the veteran and and who is the newcomer. Not saying that Lana is a newcomer because she's been wrestling, you know, for a little bit, but. You can tell who's the more experienced athlete. Um, but if this is WWE's way to get Lana over as a babyface, it's 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 not working. It, this 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 is another thing that I said will only last for so long until they find something else. And it's a shame. Because what would they do going forward? I don't. I don't think they have any long-term plans. But um, I do want to do a women's division episode where I talk about the women's division. Right now, I'm already thirty minutes in. I'm not trying to rush anything, but I do want to talk about the main um star right now. I want to talk about Bray Wyatt a little bit. I will be doing a women's division episode here shortly. Within the next few weeks, I will be talking about Oscar, you know, women like that. Because I feel like this is a subject we need to touch on a little bit more. Um, I do like the women's division. I just feel it lacks, you know, um, I feel it's not up there in the card. It, it should be talked about more. Obviously, I think the SmackDown division is obviously better than the Raw division. You know, you have Bianca Blair, Bailey, and Sasha, and then you have Carmella added now. Um, obviously, this is more better of talent. They ha not not saying Raw doesn't have the stars, but when you look at SmackDown compared to Raw, it's like man, Raw's Raw's up there to where. SmackDown is up there to where Raw is just it's it's boring to watch. I mean, they're they're pushing this Nia Jackson Shayna, you know, feud with Lana. But now they took Lana out of the the whole tag team title scene, and and if they're trying to get Lana over as a babyface, why are, why are they taking her out of the match? Even if they, even if if Lana was to lose on Sunday, she you know. At least she'd still be a part of the match. You can't expect her to be over as a babyface if you're going to make these type of decisions. What's that doing for Lana? Absolutely nothing. That's only benefiting somebody else. Um, does not make any sense to me. But anyways, like I said, I will be doing an episode with the of the women's division here shortly. I do want to do an episode of NXT as well, but um, let's get into the main topic right now, guys. I want to talk about the main guy right now, Bray Wyatt, the Fiend. Um, many of you probably may know at this point, like I said, I am a huge Bray Wyatt fan. I have been since his cult leader days. I'm a huge Wyatt fan. Um, this is why I tune into Raw every week to see this guy. This is a guy who, when starting out on Monday Night Raw, in WWE I should say, was booked to be a great superstar. He debuted on Monday Night Raw on the main roster. You know, when he first came with the Wyatt family, Luke Harper, Eric Rowan. Um, 
obviously that led to matches with you know guys like Jericho who put over Wyatt and then that led to matches with Taker, Cena guys like that he even had he was even in the ring with The Rock at one point they didn't have a match or nothing but um a character that was so promised to be something big was also let down by booking was also let down by bad booking bad creative like I said in the beginning of the episode but then he reinvented himself is the fiend Bray Wyatt is the, the funhouse leader but Bray Wyatt could have been a good character and, and it could have worked if it wasn't for WWE booking him the way they did they booked him to lose every match and he had the type of character man he had the mic skills but when you look at how WWE has treated him we can't take these characters as serious threats if they're being booked to lose constantly Bray Wyatt the thing that brought me the, that brought me to like his character so much was his mic skills the guy's promos are amazing man he knows how to cut a promo he knows what he's doing You know, this guy had matches with Taker. He was cutting the promos on Taker. He was cutting promos on Cena and, and Kane. He, he knows how to tell a story. This is a guy that should at least be a four-time, five-time champion right now. Not a three-time champion five-time champion at least this is a guy who should have been on top years ago not just now this is a guy who could have been wrestling for another company last year when they were booking him to sit at home and I, I, I don't know when this whole fiend character came about you know could have been came about months ago before it debuted that whole time he was sitting at home, you know, not doing anything. I thought he was going to be released. I thought, okay, WWE's going to, you know, axe this character and just release from his contract. Thank God they brought him back with this whole new character because he revives himself with the Fiend character. Um, a lot of people compare him to Mick Foley as well, you know, saying that he's the next McFoley, he, you know, he's playing three characters, The Fiend, um, Cult Leader Bray, The Funhouse Bray, um, but this whole character, you know, he, he could be compared to so many others, you know, a lot of people compare him to Taker as well, he's the next Undertaker, obviously, um, which I believe he'll be, you know, somebody like Taker one day, I've always liked to see Taker pass Torch, you know, before he retired, that's something I've always liked to see, but, you know, we're not going to get that. But, um, th this Funhouse character, he's revived himself. He's, he's revived himself through his promos, through, you know, the Funhouse puppets, the Firefly Funhouse. Which, the Firefly Funhouse, man, I got a lot of criticism when it first debuted. Mixed emotions, mixed reviews, I should say. A lot of people said, oh, what is this? You know, this is too PG. Then you had the other fans, the diehard Bray Wyatt fans like me, who said, man, this could work. This is something new. Yes, yes, it's silly, but it's unique. This is like an evil Mr. Rogers. And that's exactly what WWE needs is an evil kids, kids show host or something. You know, because the majority of the fans of WWE are probably children at this point. 
Um, a lot of people say, you know, WWE's too PG. I can't watch it anymore, you know, whatever. But if you're a diehard pro wrestling fan like I am, then you will continue to watch it. Bray Wyatt, to understand his character, you need to understand the backstory from his cult leader gimmick. You need to understand the Firefly Funhouse. You need to watch every episode from the beginning to really understand this character. To understand who Bray Wyatt is, where he comes from. And there's so much history right now with Orton and Bray Wyatt. You know, last night, which is being highly talked about, was the fact that, you know, Orton burned Bray Wyatt in this. I can't say it was a casket, it was like a crate looking thing. Um. And a lot of people were saying, you know, on Twitter, you know, Orton shouldn't have burned that down. Obviously, you know, he burned the Wyatt compound down with Abigail in it. But even before that, he, you know, he he sat, he set a, a casket on fire with Taker in it. So people, people are laughing about that on Twitter, saying, you know, Orton should have known this would backfire on him. But, uh, but I thought this was creative. And, and during that segment... You know, when it first came about with the whole field trip, I thought, okay, where's this going to go? But then, you know, Bray Wyatt came out, cut a little promo on Orton, was on there telling a few jokes. Um, and then Randy Orton got on the camp, on the, you know, Peloton, and he said, um, come find me, let's play hide and seek. And right there I thought, I thought to myself, something hit me. Where was Abby the Witch? Why wasn't she in the Thunderdome? Where was she? And why didn't we spot her if she was? Given the history that Bray Wyatt and Randy Orton have, I thought to myself, could it be possible that Randy Orton burn down the funhouse with Abigail the witch in it I thought I thought to myself it hit me you know where's Abby could this all be possible could it also be possible that sister Abigail has now possessed Abby the witch and Abby the witch is sister Abigail Now, a lot of people can say, you know, where's Alexa Bliss as well? She hasn't been seen on Raw last week or this week. Obviously, in her life, she is filming a movie. But storyline-wise, how are they going to bring her back? What are they going to do with her? How will they reintroduce her into the Randy Orton Bray Wyatt feud? I also thought last night's touch with the rocking chair, I thought that had a great, you know, touch to Bray Wyatt's old call leader days. It was a little throwback. You know, and I like the fact with this whole Bray Wyatt characters, they can always revisit his call leader days as the eater of worlds Bray Wyatt or whatever you want to call him. Um... I like the fact that WWE brings it up, you know, because you know when, when they go when they when they do these certain characters, they go from one character to the next. When superstars do that, their previous characters always forgotten about. At least to WWE, they make us you know want to forget it or whatever. But um, that that's the good thing about this Bray Wyatt character is that they they, they haven't forgotten that they bring it up and they mention it, they give references. And it's a, it's a good thing because they can always go back to the cult leader Bray. They can do the funhouse. They can do the fiend. They can do it all at one time. And that's what will make this character unique and live on. 
and, and it won't get still because he could, Bray Wyatt can pro- play different characters at once. You know, you could play the Fiend the one week, you could, you could play Funhouse Bray the next week. That's why I don't think this character could ever be ever be boring, because we're not seeing, you know, the same person each week. We'll see the Fiend one week and then Funhouse Bray the next week. And every so now and then you'll you'll get references to Call Leader Bray. And especially with this feud, I think I think it has a nice touch to it. Given you know. Randy Orton's history with the Wyatt family. He was a member of the Wyatt family before he turned on him. Um, Bray Wyatt, you know, this character, it was unique from the beginning. And like I said, if he was booked correctly, he could have been a WWE champion a long time ago. A lot of people could say, you know, John Cena, you know, when they had that match at Mania, um, not not the match this year, but you know, a couple years ago, that John John Cena really derailed Bray Wyatt's career. You know, Bray Wyatt should have been given a push, but John Cena kind of pumped the brakes on that one real quick. Um, it's hard to blame Cena for this. Um, there are certain stars that have taken a loss from Cena and came back. But because Cena is the golden boy, you know, he was all, he'll always be traded up there. Um, I, I, don't, I don't, you gotta blame the booking of Wyatt. Not the fact that John Cena has, has buried Bray Wyatt, but the fact that that's how WWE booked Bray Wyatt. They booked him to lose. It, it's not Cena's fault. It, it's it's the booking. It's, it's creative. They had their chance to make Bray Wyatt a star. They failed him. You know, Bray Wyatt brought himself back and revived himself. Some could say, yeah, you know, the cult leader gimmick got still. But if he was booked correctly, he, he could have been booked like the next Undertaker and it would have worked. You know, we've seen Taker's gimmick go through changes with the American Badass gimmick and, and, and guys like, and characters like that. Um, and now we're seeing the the fiend gimmick, which which isn't still, which which is is new. It's it's refreshed. The, the funhouse gimmick, which is also you know unique, something we haven't seen before. And I've said in the past, this is the most creative thing since mankind or Kane or Taker. You know, this is very creative. And and. Um, and I and I and I like I said before, I I, I think that Randy and Bray could pull this off together. I th- I think if 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 two people can really bring excitement to Raw, it's Randy Orton and Bray Wyatt. Obviously, Randy Orton is a big part of Raw. He is somebody you want to see every week. And then they add Alexa Bliss, who is knowing this character. Now she hasn't been on Raw a couple weeks, so it's kind of. It kind of sucks not seeing her, you know, because she does add a lot of the a lot of fuel to the fire in this feud. Now, if I had to predict the match of TLC for this Sunday, I do think she will be involved in a way. I don't see them not involving her, being that she is still being advertised for TLC. But we'll see what happens. Um, you know, Bray Wyatt and Randy Orton, they got a history. They had, they had a few matches together with the House of Horrors match. Got a lot of criticism, but whatever. Um, like I've said in my last episode, they have the opportunity to revive this gimmick. Um, but uh, they, they could do something here. Maybe the puppets will get involved, you know. <laughs> um, that's another thing about Bray Wyatt's character, man, is, is the fact that these puppets these puppets were added um which is why i said you know this this gimmick when it first debuted it got a lot of criticism being uh, people saying the wwe's too pg because of the puppets the wwe's for kids because of their seeing puppets and you have like i said you have to understand bray wyatt's gimmick from the beginning you have to understand his backstory you have to watch the firefly funhouse from episode one all the way to the end to understand what's going on. If you're not a diehard wrestling fan and you're watching this from the middle to say now, 
but they're not understanding the gimmick fully. That's why it's silly to most non-wrestling fans is because they're not watching it from the beginning. Um, and if you look at each puppet, it represents something. If you look at Huskus, that represents Bray Wyatt's old Husky Harris days. If you look at Abby the Witch, it represents Sister Abigail. If you look at Mercy the Buzzard, obviously that's, you know, a uh, reference to Bray Wyatt's old, you know, saying, follow the buzzards. It's also, it's also a tribute to Leyland Mercy, who inspired the whole cult leader Bray Wyatt gimmick. You, you know, you look at Ramblin' Rabbit, who is a um, reference to Bray Wyatt's old promos, which I believe. I think that's, you know, where they're going with Ramblin' Rabbit. Obviously, he gets killed, you know, most, most of the episodes, just like Bray Wyatt's old character did, you know, when he was booked to lose. Bray Wyatt, just like, Rand just like Ramblin' Rabbit, is buried, is being buried. Um, so I think it's a reference to, a reference to that. The old the Vince McMahon puppet is is a reference to how evil Vince McMahon is as a character. Um, but I want to point out something with these puppets, real quick. I want to point out the fact that if you were to place these puppets in a certain order. They spell harm. Huskus, H, Abby, A, Ramblin' Rabbit, R, and Mercy, M. If you put them into that order, it spells harm. And that's something that was pointed out a long time ago. Um, in the funhouse, it says, Abandon all ye hope that enter here. Now, obviously... John Cena was trapped in the funhouse with Bray Wyatt. Um, and, it's, and it's always been wondered, is is the funhouse a figment of Bray Wyatt's imagination? Well, if people like John Cena and Seth Rollins could get into the funhouse, then what is the funhouse? Where is the funhouse located? What happens when you step out of the funhouse? Notice we're only seeing parts of the funhouse. We're not seeing what else could be lurking in the funhouse. What else is they're hiding in the funhouse? That's what's so unique about the Fiend character. The darkness of Bray Wyatt. The evil split personality of Bray Wyatt. Now, obviously, Bray Wyatt has a split personality type character. This is fun to watch. And in last night's episode of Raw, I noticed, you know, with the chair, Bray Wyatt sat in a chair. It's like he couldn't resist. So the Eater of Worlds Bray Wyatt, the cult leader Bray, that will always be a part of Bray Wyatt in some way. That will never go away. That will always be there. Um, and and I, I think that's why this character won't be stale. It won't get old because they can always do something with those three characters. Now, going forward after this feud with Randy Orton, assuming Bray Wyatt wins on Sunday, um, what they do after TLC is to be known. Um, like I said, I do see Alexa being involved in some way. Whether she is to help Randy win or help Bray win, I don't see her helping Randy win. Obviously, she's aligned with Bray Wyatt. Then again, you always had Nikki Cross who can get involved and, you know, team with Randy or whatever to, to pick up the win. I don't see The Fiend losing this match being... he he He's made to be booked stronger than, than Randy. 
he's made to be book strong from the beginning. Um, so I don't see the fiend taking the loss here, but I I would also say that if anybody's gonna beat the fiend, it'd be somebody like Randy Orton. Maybe not now, but you know, one day, at least, it could happen. Um, I think I think what they'll do is though is that after this feud with Randy, I think they'll you know try to push the fiend into the, 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 the maybe even the title picture. I don't, I don't know. There there is so many possibilities for Bray Wyatt, especially him coming in as a babyface now. Um, and yes, him and Alexa are babyfaces. It was rumored that Randy Orton will be the heel. He will be pushing Alexa Bliss and Bray Wyatt as babyfaces going forward. So it makes me wonder if they will continue this feud after TLC. Which that is to be known. Um, which I hope so. Because this, this is what's you know giving Raw its, it's ratings. This is what's getting Raw talked about right now. Without, without this feud right now, it wouldn't... It wouldn't be as interesting. Um, no, I would like to see uh, like a cinematic match between those those two to kind of to let the you know the House of Horrors match redeem itself. Um, obviously, you know, a regular match would be fine. But given the history these two have. I read on Twitter that somebody even said an Inferno match would be would be fun to watch. That something like that would be fun to watch given that last night's segment, you know, with, the, with Bray Wyatt being burned. Um, which that's another thing, you know, the teleportation. Um... A lot of people are saying about The Fiend being somebody else. That Bray Wyatt and The Fiend are two different people. Could The Fiend have supernatural powers, much like The Undertaker? Who knows? Um, but that's why I said I would like to see you know, a cinematic match between Randy Orton and Bray Wyatt. Being that The Fiend is such a special character. Being that Randy Orton is the type of character, the sadistic character he is. This could be fun to watch. What if... Now, I'm just making a suggestion. What if Bray Wyatt and Randy Orton were to battle on the Wyatt compound where Sister Abigail was burned alive? What if they were to wrestle on top of where she was buried in a match? Now, given the way the Thunderdome is and with this virus, that's always a possibility they could do that. They did it with the Boneyard. They did it with the, you know, the Fire Five Funhouse match. This is always something they can come back and revisit well these are two unique characters use them properly and the fans are liking what they see I'm obviously liking when I see they added Alexa Bliss which was just like fuel to the fire you know um, I'm not too worried about Alexa I think they will do something with her at some point when she comes back whether it's with Nikki Cross or, or Bray Wyatt or Randy Orton um for those who are saying, you know, I hope this gimmick doesn't die down with Alexa, I don't believe it will. With her filming a movie, they can always say, you know, they can always bring her back at some point. So I'm not too worried about that. Um, obviously, Bray and Alexa work well together. There's no reason to kill this right away. Give, it, give us, you know... More Firefly Funhouse episodes give us more, more in-ring stuff. And, and going forward after this, they could always feud. They could always feud with Andrade and Charlotte, who in real life are a couple. And and it's been rumored that Andrade and Charlotte Flair will be coming back as a tag team. You know, Charlotte could manage Andrade. That's always the possibility that Alexa and Bray Wyatt could feud with. Bray Wyatt and Alexa could feud with Alexa. No, excuse me, Bray Wyatt and Alexa could feud with Nikki Cross and Randy Orton as well. Like I said, 
with that be with that happening though you'd have to turn you know Nikki Cross heel so who knows um, so many possibilities for that but some something will happen um, at TLC whether you know Alexa gets involved uh, the, the puppets you know they kind of play mind games at Randy um, friendship frog the puppet of Bray Wyatt could get involved in a way I, I maybe who knows um, there's also the possibility that, that the fiend does pick up a queen win that the fiend does overpower Randy now Randy did say the voices in his head are the fiends but I think the fiend at this point has the upper hand and has the advantage going into Sunday Bray Wyatt there's no reason for him not to come out on top in this feud um then they can go forward, you know, with, with something special. Give us, you know, one more match or something. Give us a special type of match. There's always something they can do. This is the TLC pay-per-view, so tables, ladders, and chairs could be involved in this match. I don't, I don't know if this is a, a singles match or if it's an extreme rules match. They haven't said anything. I guess it's just a one-on-one -on -one match. Who knows? But we'll just have to tune in and see what happens, guys. This is exciting. Um, we'll just have, have, have to tune in on TLC on Sunday. Thank you all for listening. God bless each and every one of you. Have a wonderful day.